What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike, and we have a brand new Adam Sandler movie to talk about this week, and it's inspired my topic. I want to share with you my top five favorite Adam Sandler movies of all time and my top five worst. So I feel since he is my favorite comedic actor, I have the right to look at both sides of the spectrum because he's done so many movies. Well, granted, some of them aren't going to be the best. And in the trailer park, we have the first look at Disney's Pinocchio, which is going to get very confusing because Disney's putting out a Pinocchio and Netflix is putting out a Pinocchio. And if we even need one Pinocchio movie now in 2022. So shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew. You guys already know what this is. Let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Adam Sandler has been my favorite comedic actor since I was a kid. I grew up watching him on Saturday Night Live. And I feel like he has had the most dominant movie career to come out of Saturday Night Live, arguably against Eddie Murphy. But I just feel like Adam Sandler's has spawned over several different decades. I grew up with him in the 90s, so I feel as a millennial, I have my core favorite Adam Sandler movies. If you were born in the 2000s, you probably have a whole different set of Adam Sandler movies. And now Gen Z has a completely different outlook on Adam Sandler as he starts to get into more dramatic roles, which I do really love the more serious side of Adam Sandler. I don't really think that they have enough to make it into my top five, which I'll get into right now, but I'll talk about it more in the movie review. But I do like that he's not afraid to take a step in the direction of make a more serious movie for maybe a whole different type of movie fan but still give back to those people who want to just see zany Adam Sandler. But I want to start first with my top five favorite Adam Sandler movies. And at number five, I went with, from 2005, The Longest Yard. 
And this movie is a remake and probably a rare case, at least for me, as a remake that is better than the original. And I think it's all because of the cast. You not only have Adam Sandler, but you have Chris Rock, who two of the biggest comedians ever in one movie. And surprisingly, it works really well. I really wish they would just do more good movies together. They have been in a lot. But on top of that, in the cast, you also have Burt Reynolds, who came back from the original. You have Terry Crews as Cheeseburger Eddie, who is one of my favorite characters in any Adam Sandler movie. You also have Nelly, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Michael Irvin, Tracy Morgan, Kevin Nash, Goldberg. There are so many funny people in this movie that just make it one of my most rewatched Adam Sandler movies. The movie cost $90 million to make and made $191 million at the box office. And I feel like when this movie came out, it was almost at like the height of Adam Sandler's career. The year following this in 2006, he came out with Click. And I kind of feel like after Click, it was all like a steady decline. He started to put out movies that I wasn't the biggest fan of. Or maybe it was just that I was getting a little bit older, a little bit more mature. And he was kind of staying the same over the years. So he was just giving everybody what he kind of was known for. Maybe I just didn't find it as funny anymore, but now he's kind of on the rise back again. So from 2005, at number five is The Longest Yard. At number four, I went with 2019's Uncut Gems. This was Adam Sandler's role of a lifetime. And I hate that he got so close and so deserving of a Best Actor nomination at the Oscars that he didn't get it. I know he got another award that was kind of a consolation prize. And I can only imagine what it's like to have a career as prosperous as he has and to be in 2019 competing with all these other major movies that were really so dynamic that year. I think we'll look back in like 10 years and see how great of a year of film 2019 was when you have movies like Parasite, The Irishman, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, all these great movies come out and Uncut Gems, this low-budget indie movie has as big of an impact as all of these other major blockbusters. And I credit that largely due to the directors, the Safdie brothers, but Adam Sandler's performance in this and him being such a big name attached to an indie movie. And maybe a little bit of it is that you either love or hate Uncut Gems. It does really invoke this emotion of anxiety and his character is so gritty and you can almost just hate him just by watching him. But there was something just so satisfying about that movie going experience for me and made me love it so much. And not only one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies, but one of my favorite movies of all time, probably at least in the top 20, 2025, which is pretty good for me. So at number four, I would put Uncut Gems. At number three, I'm going with, from 1996, Happy Gilmore. And I think it's because he is such a big sports fan that he has really made some of the best sports comedy movies of all time. I mean, just in my list, I didn't even realize it before I made this, but Happy Gilmore being a golf movie and Longest Yard being a football movie, and now he just put out a basketball movie. Basically, Adam Sandler should just cover and do every single sport. But Happy Gilmore, I don't think people realize how much of a comedic influence this movie had on what it was to make a great comedy in the 90s. I felt like this was his defining role. And if it wouldn't have been as successful as it was, 
we maybe wouldn't have had all the other Adam Sandler movies that we do. Movie cost $12 million to make and made $38 million in the United States alone. And really, when you look at that box office margin, it's not the most successful comedy of all time. It's just insane how much of a lasting power that this movie has had that you almost don't have to pay attention to that box office number. It feels a little bit insignificant because everybody I know who has seen an Adam Sandler movie has probably seen Happy Gilmore. So it kind of goes back to this idea of you don't have to see all your favorite movies in theaters for them to live with you forever. We have so many great characters in this movie from Chubbs, Shooter McGavin. You have the infamous fight scene with Bob Barker. You have the dude who tries to sabotage him on the golf course yelling jackass, which I feel is something we all probably quote. And then who could forget the love interest, Julie Bowen. Sometimes I do forget she was in this movie. And I feel like if there was any movie that Adam Sandler should reprise his role and do a sequel to, which he hasn't done a whole lot of. He does one character, makes the movie, doesn't really revisit it unless it's like a grown-ups movie, which is probably a whole different reason because he just likes making movies with his friends and going on vacation, basically. But I feel like if one movie could have success as a sequel, it would be Happy Gilmore. So I put that one at number three. At number two, the movie that came just a year prior to Happy Gilmore from 1995 is Billy Madison, which was one of my favorite comedies as a kid. I feel like this is the movie that's the most character defining for him. All of the little Sandlerisms and his quirky things that he did that we all kind of imitate. It's all in this movie. This movie has the best quotes. Some of the funniest, memorable scenes. You also have another great cast in this movie. Everybody from Norm MacDonald to Chris Farley and Bridget Wilson. And not only did Adam Sandler star in this movie, he also co-wrote the script. And it was Norm MacDonald's film debut. So I felt like this kind of kicked off the start of Adam Sandler putting his friends in his movies. And even though the movie debuted at number one at the box office, when it first came out, it got a lot of mixed reviews which looking back on it now, you have to be crazy to say that this isn't one of the best and one of the funniest movies. So I put that one at number two. And at number one, this has just been my favorite of his films for a very long time. The one I go back and watch the most and usually the one I have to defend the most that because it's my favorite, some people question my taste. But at number one, I'm going with 1999's Big Daddy. If I could only take one Adam Sandler movie with me, world is ending, you can only bring one of these movies with you, I am bringing Big Daddy. I feel like out of all of his movies, it is the most timeless. I feel like it's the funniest. It has the best cast with Jon Stewart, Leslie Mann, Rob Schneider, and then you have his usual friends, Alan Covert, who was also in Happy Gilmore as his caddy, Peter Dante, who was also in one of my favorite Happy Madison movies grandma's boy and of course the one and only steve buscemi but without a doubt this is the one i've seen the most and just go back to and enjoy as much as i did probably the first time and it's also cool to go back and see cole and dylan sprouse in this long before zach and cody long before either of them were as successful as they are now like who would have thought that because i think what it takes to have an overall perfect Adam Sandler movie is you have to have the comedy, which Big Daddy has. 
And where this one goes a step further is having that emotional story, which it really walks that fine line of not being too dramatic at all, but having little moments where it kind of gets you in the feels where him and Julian start to form this bond, even though they met on a ridiculous thing that would never happen in the real world. And if this movie was made now, he would probably just end up in jail at the end of this. But for the sake of the movie that came out in the 90s, you start to feel this emotional attachment to both of these characters. And in the end, it almost doesn't really work out perfect for either of them because they, of course, end up being ripped apart. But that moment where he's getting taken away by Child Protective Services and he's, you know, yelling to him, but I can wipe my own ass. Like, as dumb and funny as that was it still kind of hits you there. And then in all of that, it manages to work in a believable love story. So I just feel like Big Daddy is the perfect Adam Sandler movie. It's the most timeless. It's one that'll still make me laugh and probably still make me get a little bit emotional after watching. So that is why I put it at number one. And I'm willing to fight you on that. Before I get into my top five worst some honorable mentions. Uh, at number six, I would have put The Waterboy. At number seven, I would have put my favorite rom-com, The Wedding Singer. At number eight, I would have put Airheads, which is the one where they all break into the radio station. Came out in 94, Brendan Fraser, Sandler, and Steve Buscemi. Another really good one. At number nine, I would have put Funny People from 2009. That honestly would have came in at number five if it weren't over two hours. That movie is about 26 minutes too long. But hey, Jed Apatow, am I right? And then at number 10, I would have put Click from 2006. So that'll round out the top 10. But now let's get into the worst movies. And I believe these are the worst for different reasons. Some of these I had a little bit higher expectations on. Some of these were just downright bad. So there may be worse ones in your opinion, but these are the worst to me and I'll tell you why. At number five from 2000, I put Little Nicky, and I think it's because he was having such a great moment coming off of Big Daddy. He was just putting out good movie after good movie, and they were all funny. I just didn't fully get Little Nicky. I remember wanting to like it, but I just overall didn't like the character and probably haven't watched that movie since 2000 again. So never really got into that one. That's at number five. At number four, from 2003, I went with the movie he did with Jack Nicholson, Anger Management. I remember going to see this movie in theaters and being pretty bored, which is rare for me in an Adam Sandler movie. It just wasn't very funny to me. I didn't really like the premise. And it's probably one of the most forgettable Adam Sandler movies of all time. So I put it at number four because I did have some high expectations going into it. And it just kind of let me down. At number three, now this is my mom's favorite Adam Sandler movie. Now my mom is from Mexico. She doesn't watch a whole lot of movies at all. And when she does watch something, she is really into horror movies, which I've recently learned. And she also really loves comedies that have any kind of Mexican-American actor in it. And Jack and Jill has Eugenio Derbez, who is a huge actor to my mom, one of her favorites. And I think that's why she loves this movie. It's one of the few movies that she owns on DVD. And I love my mom. And I have probably seen this movie three or four times because 
she's like, hey, let's watch Click. And she has parts of the movie that she quotes. So for that reason, it does hold a special place in my heart to know that a movie that we probably all think is dumb, that some people can find enjoyable. And I think that has really kind of given me some perspective on some Adam Sandler movies that I have left on this list. It's just because we find it dumb and funny. They are still successful to somebody. And if it can make someone happy, let it make someone happy. My mom loves it and she would hate that I put it in the worst list. But at number three, I went with Jack and Jill. At number two is from 2015, The Ridiculous Six. And it's a movie that I probably could have turned off because it was on Netflix. But there was something in me that just allowed me to keep watching it because it was so bad that I almost found it enjoyable, which is weird because I don't think it's one of those movies that it's so bad, it's good, kind of campy style for that reason. It was just so not great and not funny that it made it kind of fun to watch. And I think I was also so excited about the deal Adam Sandler had with Netflix to put all these original movies out, which have been a little bit hit or miss. I didn't love The Ridiculous Six, but I recently did love Hubie Halloween, So maybe sometimes you just have to be in the right state of mind to take one of these movies in, but I put this one at number two. And at number one, from 2008, the only Adam Sandler movie that I feel is completely unwatchable, and it was when he got into this kind of hyper, like, character-driven, so-out-of-the-box type style of movies that he really just created live-action cartoon characters that were essentially caricatures of his personality and take that and turn it all the way up to 11 is what a lot of the movies he put out in the late 2000s, early 2010s, where I kind of checked out of his movies for a little bit. And Don't Mess With The Zohan is the only one I feel is completely unwatchable. You get really nothing out of it. And it's almost like a movie that he later parodies in Funny People, where he does all like a montage of ridiculous movies he has made. Don't mess with the Zohan is that. So does he regret it himself? Probably not, because he still made him a lot of money. And I think that is what he has proven time after time after every single movie. And as hard as it is for a movie to get, you know, made, I would like to ask him at some point, is did you ever just think like, man, like maybe halfway through filming some of these movies, like, I don't know if this is the one. <laughs> I, like, I don't know, we should follow through with this. But anyway, that is the list. And we'll come back and talk about his new movie called Hustle. We'll talk about that next. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! 
retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good to get into a movie review now. Let's talk about Adam Sandler's new movie called Hustle, which is in select theaters now. But coming out on Netflix this Wednesday, June 8th, it stars Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah, Robert Duvall, Ben Foster, and it's about his character as a basketball scout trying to bring a player from Spain to come play in the NBA in the United States on the Philadelphia 76ers. Before I get into this review, here's just a little bit of the trailer. I'm Stanley Sugarman. I'm a scout for the 76ers. This Philly thing. There's room to grow there. I want to coach someday. Do you love being away from home all the time? Best chance to win in here is with you out there. What the hell am I still chasing this for? So you're just going to give up on your journey? Been in this league for 30 years and it's like I'm nothing. So what this movie is about It's Adam Sandler's character. He plays a guy named Stanley Sugarman. He has been a scout for the 76ers for years. And now he is trying to get to a point in his career where he is not on the road all the time. He has a family. He has a daughter. And he's always had this dream to be a coach. And now he finds himself at a point in his career where that is an attainable goal But he has this obstacle to overcome as a scout, and he's going out to try to find a new player for the 76ers, and he finds this guy in Spain who is working as a construction worker and just finds him randomly at a pickup game and tries to convince him to come to the United States and then tries to convince the 76ers organization that this is the pick, like this is the guy They need to invest all their time, money, and energy on because he is going to be a star. So that is overall what the movie is about. That's what his struggle is. And I really like the dramatic side of Adam Sandler. And I also really like the comedic side. And I thought this movie was going to be a full-on drama. But what I kind of found is it marries the two and is a sports dramedy, which I was not expecting to like as much as I did. But the movie was done so well that it didn't feel like it was trying to be overtly in one of those genres. They weren't really laying out jokes the entire time. 
it just worked itself so naturally into the life experiences, into the life struggles that it was just kind of effortlessly funny in a way. I felt like it was really just Adam Sandler almost being himself and how he would be funny in a normal situation like this. Like if he was actually an NBA scout trying to help out a player, like this is just things he would say. He was so natural in it that it made it really just fun to watch the two of these actors together. So it's Adam Sandler playing Stanley Sugarman and the player he is trying to recruit is a character named Bo Cruz. And Bo Cruz in the movie has some struggles of his own. He has a dark past. He has a daughter and a mother that he's trying to support in Spain. So what the movie essentially is, is two people trying to achieve their dreams. It's Bo Cruz trying to come to the United States to be in the NBA, which has been a dream of his. Not even so much to play in the NBA, but just to have a way out of his struggle in Spain, being poor, being a construction worker, and to come here and be able to make a significant amount of money as an NBA player and be able to support his family and have things for them that they never would have imagined. So I kind of related to that on an emotional level of my parents coming from Mexico to the United States to seek a better life for themselves. It was, in a way, the story about the American dream. And then with the main character, Stanley Sugarman, you have a guy in his 50s, much like Adam Sandler is, and still realizing that he has something left to prove, which on an entirely different level kind of hits you emotionally of... At least as a kid, I always thought by the time you're 50, you have it all figured out. You know where you are in life and you really have nothing left to prove. But the movie is inspirational in a way that Adam Sandler is a guy who has this passion and this drive to achieve something. And even in his 50s, it still kind of lives and burns inside of him so much that he is willing to risk a lot put his family on the line in a way, their well-being to achieve this dream and to prove people right that he has made the call of finding this player that all of his knowledge over all these years of being a scout has, you know, something to show for it, which was an inspirational thing to see. I really liked all the cameos as well, even though I'm not a huge NBA fan. I do like when movies work in people who aren't typically actors and put them into a situation where they need to act. Some of it was maybe a little bit apparent that they weren't really actors, but I felt like that did add some authenticity to this movie. I didn't need it to be perfect. I'd rather have, you know, real people in this to make it a little bit more believable. And I like the fact that they used a real NBA team. And even though this isn't based on a true story or anything, it's a fictional movie. But it kind of puts you in it a little bit more, knowing that it's the 76ers, them referencing other players in the NBA, and kind of just creating this, maybe this does exist in the world and I just don't know about it. But yeah, it's not based on a true story. And then also what it does a really good job at is showing the city of Philadelphia, talking about the sports culture there and how it's a city that will eat you alive in sports because they are such passionate sports fans. So I do feel like this was the perfect city and the perfect team to do it with. And as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I know how passionate the Philadelphia 
in, in any fan base. I'm talking about specifically in NFL, how the Eagles give us crap every single season. It's our toughest competitor all the time. But knowing how passionate that fan base is and how much they love their team to the point where they give them just as much hate as a rival team would. And they kind of address that in the movie as well. But I felt like it did a really good job of personifying the city, being a love letter to the NBA and being a love letter to the city of Philadelphia. And then also just knowing where Adam Sandler is in his career of I feel like he still has something he wants to prove. Maybe it's because he did get so close to getting that best Oscar nomination that when he does a role like this, in the back of his head, maybe he's still thinking like, you know what? I could get there again. I could be there that close. I don't think this is an Oscar worthy performance at all, but I do think a lot of people will enjoy this movie. I think sports fans will really gravitate towards this and it became one of my favorite sports movies pretty quickly. I was like 10 minutes into this movie and already felt like there was a lot going on. And overall, it just does a really good job at pacing all of the turning points in the movie and keeping the action treading along to where you think you kind of have it figured out. You think you have all the hurdles and then there's another one and then there's another one and then there's another one. And then by the end of it, you feel completely fulfilled, like all questions were answered and everything made sense in the entire movie and was really kind of working to say something. So I would give Hustle an easy four out of five basketballs. I would say it would hang right outside of the top 10 Adam Sandler movies for me. So if you want to check it out, depending on when you're listening to this episode, it hits Netflix on June 8th and is also in select theaters around the country. And this was on my list of one of my most anticipated movies of the summer and really just lived up to the expectations. So I highly recommend it. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I break down a movie trailer of a movie coming to you very soon, streaming or in theaters in a segment we call... It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. And today we are taking a look at Pinocchio, which is coming out on Disney on September 8th. It is a quote-unquote live-action Disney movie, and this is kind of a part of all the movies that they are just making live-action films to. So this one stars Tom Hanks. Before I get into what I think about this movie and what I think about... Two Pinocchio movies coming out in the same year. Here's just a little bit of the trailer. Starlight, star bright. First star I see tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might. Have the wish I wish tonight. When you wish upon a star. So this movie stars Tom Hanks as Geppetto. The thing about this first look at it is we only get like a second glimmer of Pinocchio. And I haven't been the biggest fan of all the Disney reboots. There have been 18 live action Disney movies so far. And what they have been kind of doing recently is taking all their biggest movies, their most historic movies and making live action adaptations. And after watching this trailer, I do get that magical feel. It makes me feel like if I were to go see this in theaters, but it's actually coming out on Disney Plus, it would give me that feeling of being a kid again of like, okay, this is something special and spectacular, which Disney does so well. With Pinocchio, I'm not the biggest fan of the original story, but I feel like as they praise it to be, it is a timeless classic. And what makes it a timeless classic is that original animated one. And it's the voice acting in that, and it's how well that story is told and how it really kind of fits in that type of animation is what makes it a classic. The overall story itself, I'm not the biggest fan of, and I don't really care to see just a live action version of that. And where it gets weird is we have a twin movie situation here, and that's when two movies, which are basically the exact same movie, Other examples include when Pixar put out A Bug's Life and then DreamWorks put out Ants, basically the exact same movie in the same year. And in this case, it is literally the same character movie being made in the exact same year. Disney's comes out on Disney Plus on September 8th and Netflix is putting out Guillermo del Toro's version in December. And I actually am more interested in that one because he's been working on that since 2010 and that's kind of a passion project of his and it's a darker reimagination of the fairy tale which actually has a darker past if you really look at it so i feel that is a much more interesting story than what disney is doing and just kind of giving it their live action treatment which i haven't really loved 
Now, I grew up in the golden age of Disney with movies like The Lion King, Aladdin, Mulan, Little Mermaid, like all those movies shaped what Disney animation is. And I feel that is what they do the best. That is what is the most memorable when it comes to Disney movies. And that's really where they shine. And even now with movies like Encanto, like it's the animated movies that really cut through. And like I said, there have been 18 of these live action ones. And I don't feel like they've had the same lasting power as any of their other movies. The only ones I feel like I would really even consider to be some of my favorites would be Cruella most recently. And oddly, kind of in that same category as 101 Dalmatians, of those being movies I felt really kind of transferred well and fit well in the live action adaptations. So what I do feel like is they are exposing the younger generation to these classics and packaging up these movies in a way that they're maybe a little bit more appealing visually, but I don't feel like they are creating classics again. I don't know that this animation style and, you know, these special effects that they have with Jiminy Cricket, who looks a little bit odd in this teaser. And again, we don't really have the best look at what Pinocchio will look like. We get like a real small glimpse of him. But I don't feel like this will be as impactful and as lasting as some of those other animation styles. So for me, it almost feels like a little bit more of a cash grab of like, hey, let's take these already known and beloved characters and crank another movie out of it and throw Tom Hanks in it. Maybe it's just because I'm not six years old anymore but I just don't really feel like these live action movies have flourished in any way and established anything that really makes me want to run and go watch them, whether it be in theaters or on Disney+. Plus. Because even my favorite Disney movie from the 90s still is The Lion King. I watched the remake of that in theaters and never really went back to it again because it just didn't really do anything for me. So again, if you have such timeless classics... Why are you remaking them? And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for another episode here on the podcast. Before I go, every single week, I got to give my listener shout out to somebody who sends me a DM on Instagram, emails me, moviemikeD at gmail.com, maybe comments over on TikTok. But today I'm going into my... Instagram comments and this shout out is to Caitlin Copes on Instagram who asked on my last video is could I share the movie pass I was talking about the other day that you would love to get one and that movie pass that I have is the Regal Unlimited and what that pass is for about 20 21 bucks depending on where you are you can go and see as many movies as you want. I haven't really tested the capabilities of it, but apparently there are no limits. You could go to five different movies all week. You could go to multiple movies in a day. And what I love about it is it's the exact same way that you would just buy tickets on the app, which is what I do anyway. So there's no really other steps you have to go through. Once you set up an account, it's basically like having a membership there. So just think of it as a subscription that you just pay for and then you can just go unlimited. So as many movies as I and my wife go to see in theaters, after about two visits, it really pays for itself. So for us, it made more sense for each of us to get one, just the amount of times we were at the movies that we save money in having one of these. So 
If you go to the movies a lot too, I think it'd be perfect for you. And the other thing I was concerned about, because I get weird about things like this, is I was concerned that since Kelsey and I both have one, like how would we get tickets together? But the cool thing is, if your other family members or friends have one, you can add them as a friend the same way you would like follow them on Instagram or become friends on Facebook. You add them, and then when you book your tickets, you can book them together. So you can pick your seats next to each other, which me being the anxious person that I am, that was a big deal for me. So I'm glad they made that so easy. Yeah, that is Regal Unlimited. And they don't pay me to say that. That's just literally what I use to go watch movies. But thank you, Caitlin, for that question. But that is your shout out. And that is the episode for this week. And until next time, go out and watch good movies. I'll talk to you later. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.